0: Oh, yes, under the Friday Night Lights of Adelaide Oval at the Portress. It was crisp. It was a cool winter's, early winter's night. Port got that win. Hey, this is the Eastside Johnny Big Redemption Light. know what I'm talking about? Hold up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Fucking did again. Three on the bounce. Um, suddenly just feeling like there's so much more life in our season than, uh, you know, a few weeks, just a few short weeks ago. It felt like there was um, little to none left in this uh, corpse of a season and suddenly there's life. we a game out of the eight and probably a touch of percentage, but um, certainly haven't done ourselves any harm in, um, certainly with the first win of the season being such a big one and then getting a couple of tight wins over some pretty good teams and then coming into this week, um, which I'll we'll preview later in the week, Um with uh, the North Melbourne coming up. So, you know, Touchwood might be a bit of a um, one there to, to keep boosting the percentage as well as obviously getting the four points, which is the most important thing, of course. Um, but, yeah, a wonderful, wonderful night uh, to be at Adelaide Oval for the match. I think near on 30,000 uh, roughly there on a cold night um, and, and a little bit of an earlier start as well because there's two Friday night games um super weird how the AFL's rolling with all that stuff at the moment but anyway and we won't get into that too much here cuz it's a positive one to chat here about the the 17 point win over the Western Bulldogs um on Friday night footy and a game that um it was a weird one vibe wise as far as the game goes cuz it started off um probably a few of us uh with the slow start uh PTSD that we have um you know we start um like just crawling into our shells as soon as a team kicks a couple of goals against us, um, as fans, you start thinking, "Oh fuck, here we go again." Especially when it's the doggies as well. Um, the memories of the prelim final are still very fresh, and the wounds are still very, very, very open um, as far as just um, just remembering that night. But it um, was a really good response from the boys to um, you know to go down. Um, it, 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 it was a slow start. Um, we, we can't deny that. But it wasn't. It didn't. It didn't progress through the quarter. It didn't. We didn't let it get out of hand. Um, we started to tighten up on things. Um, our pressure was good. Um, from you know, probably wasn't too bad from the start. But really, really once I got 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 a little trot on, um, we st- We stomped down with the pressure and 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 we able to um to execute some stuff going forward and and start kicking some goals. And we were incredibly accurate um early as well, which helped um. Which contradicts how um, inaccurate we were later on in the game. It's kind of a, a really a weird bookends to the game with how how accurate we were to start um, compared to the. Um, I think it was probably five five goals straight in the last in the first quarter, and I think it was almost five or six points straight in the in the uh, last quarter. So um, weird bookends there, but a win a win is a win is a win is a win gig is a gig is a gig is a gig, shout out Scott Pilgrim versus the world, um, but yeah, it was a wonderful, wonderful night to be down there, it was the first time I'd been in the game since the Hawthorne one actually, because um, I missed the Melbourne game with um, COVID stuff wreaking havoc at my workplace at the time, I didn't have it, but um, I had to cover for some people that worked, did have it and, um, and whatnot and just couldn't get to the Melbourne game and then the West Coast game, my brother decided to get married that day, so I missed the West Coast game as well, so this was the first time I'd been there since that horror show against Hawthorne and um, I couldn't speak more highly of how much better the team is than that night. It's real. Um, you wouldn't believe it's the same side, really, with the lack of pressure, the lack of intensity, um, the kind of – I mean, it was lethargic, but it was a, it was also, um, you know, completely devoid of ideas and almost um, like they, they were – we were looking at a team that had just started at the bottom from a rebuild instead of a team that had just played in a um, Prillium Renier final in that Hawthorne game. Um, but yeah, and somewhat there was uh, some parallels you can draw to that Hawthorne game as far as the timing of it. You know, we're, we're this week uh, against the Doggies, we're coming back from a um, a pretty humid and tough conditioned game up in Cairns, um, uh, and that Brisbane game. Uh, the Hawthorne game, we, we'd come back from a pretty tough game up in Brisbane in similar kind of wet, sticky, humid conditions. Um, so I, I'd said last week, oh, I would have said in my preview if I'd done one, apologies for that, but I think I... I think I said on Twitter maybe or something somewhere I mentioned um, I was really intrigued by how we were going to back up um, that effort. That was that was a tough game. I think Travis spoke last week on radio um, after the Saints game and said that was one of the toughest games he'd played in. When we're talking about a guy that's, um, what three hundred fourteen games now three hundred fifteen somewhere around that mark. Um, when a guy like that that's been playing since two thousand seven and over three hundred games, is saying that's one of the toughest matches he's ever played in. You're probably going to listen to that and say that he's got a, he's going to have a pretty good idea of tough condition games. And they just played in one of the the very worst um, that he'd played in in his long and illustrious career. So um, when you when you think about that, you obviously think, well, if Travis Boke's thinking that, then the entire side's probably gone through a bit of a bit of the ringer up in Cairns. And um, so that was a that was a something to look on um, going into this game against the Western Bulldogs, especially you know it's Friday night, um, certainly a short week. Um, so the you know recovery was going to be paramount, as well as um recovery of mental attitudes but unlike the Brisbane into the Hawthorne game we're coming off a win and a, a second win in a row and a real tough win um, but one that is a morale booster and it's amazing what the the mentality of events and, and things going forward can do to your team um, you know mentality is everything you know but they say you know 90% of sports is between the ears you know all the talent and everything in the world well, can't do much for you if you don't have the right mentality and sometimes part of getting the mentality right in sports is just starting to get that winning feeling and having had a real stomping win against West Coast and then a tough win against St Kilda, we we go into this game, despite having played through some pretty tough conditions, we go into the Western Bulldogs Friday night game um, in a lot better mental state than we probably were, even though the Brisbane loss was, um, I hate to say, honourable loss or anything like that. You know, it's not like we were coming off... It was, a, it was a tough loss and there was mitigating circumstances to that, so it's still not no excuse for the Hawthorne result, but, you know, a lot of things have changed since then and um, it was really good to see the team um, play with such vigour and... and and so, despite besides all that, you know, the, the the mentality and the vibes and everything like that, there's a lot of things that have changed with the sport team from those first four, I guess you'd say the first four weeks, really. You know, the Colton game, that fifth loss and that 0-5 start, the Colton game, while well, the first half was um, a, a fucking um, nuclear bomb going off, kind of level disaster as to just how insipid that was, Second half was in stark contrast, such a wonderful, um, you know, such an awakening of the side. And while um, we didn't quite get the chocolates, we were very, very close, um, unbelievably, after that first start. So when you look at the first four and a half games of the season, really, it was, um, you know, the Melbourne game was uh, horrible to watch. And um, really, we, we abandoned the principles of what has made this team so great in that game. And the Hawthorne loss, obviously, was pretty... Um, pretty horrible as well. Um, Brisbane and Adelaide, unlucky. I think Adelaide, I think we, you make your own luck as well and we should have put them away when we had the chances. We didn't and they, they kicked straighter and everything like that. But, um, you know, in a lot of those games, you could just see um, particularly the bad losses, um, a lack of plan, a lack of, des- uh, desires, uh, lack of desire. You sometimes look like you're chasing the game, don't really have a plan or the desire just because you're playing so badly, you're so far behind the ball. And you're chasing so much, you don't actually get the, you know, by the time you get the ball, you're, you're kind of knackered from, you know. Half of playing good team footy is being so ahead of the game and everything like that. You don't actually have to exert so much energy chasing. Obviously, you do chase a lot in footy and all that stuff. But if you're, if you're controlling the game more, you you still expend more, and you, more of your energy is utilized in actually playing rather than chasing. And, you know, I mean, a lot of those games earlier, especially, you know, the Hawthorne game and the Melbourne one, we were chasing so much in the Melbourne game and we just, went out there just to stop them playing rather than play our own game. All their energy was exerted there and there was nothing left to actually play and, and you know decisions were poor and all that stuff. Whereas now I've seen the last three weeks that the decision making is so much better and um, particularly the thing that going inside 50 um, this week was really highlighted um, and I'll get into the stats more. I'll do my usual read through of the stats that you know, I don't know how much actual value anyone gets out of that but to, I just enjoy doing it so We'll do it in um, you know ten minutes or so. But one of the key ones I actually really saw was the the marks inside fifty. I think it was twenty one to nine. I'll just get that up properly just to make sure. Yeah, twenty one to nine. It's a ten more than our two thousand at uh, two thousand eleven twenty twenty two average. It's eleven. Is that twenty twenty two average? Hence the uh, word vomit there. Um, but yeah, twenty one in marks inside fifty on Friday night, which is un- absolutely um, incredible. Um, actually, we've got interestingly just looking at this. Um, Western Bulldogs is average for the year. Uh, eleven. With both, both teams have taken eighty-eight marks inside fifty. At to this after, the, um, after round eight this year. So both teams on the same amount, but obviously, uh, um, ourselves took twenty-one on Friday night, which is uh, um just unbelievable. You know, ten more than our average. Um, almost a you know it's a a, a few below a quarter of our um. You know, almost a quarter of uh, our marks inside fifty for the year. Actually, so um. That's and to do it against you know and I don't know Western Bulldogs are missing some players we were too by the way to all the pundits out there that have wanted to to just get almost poetic about Bonds and Pelly and Co missing um we were missing some players too obviously defensively we're pretty sound obviously Mackenzie um has cut, had cut, gotten injured but then Cluery's come back in so we're more or less at a full strength defense I think um you could you know you Mackenzie's obviously not a detractor and but then one that someone has to come out for him out of that back line and um, so but you know up forward and, and, and we, you know we're missing a few players so um, so, the, but so the 21 marks inside 50 is just um, unreal and you know you can say they're missing Alex Keith and co and a few others back there um, but that's kind of been a knock on them, anyway, is that they're defensively not as good. But they still went to a grand final last year, and at one point looked like they could win it. Um, so th- we're not talking about a bad team here, and um, and you can only play who you're playing against. And and the thing that w- the reason we took so many marks in inside fifty was both. Um, it was, there was a few reasons. One, um, guys like Jeremy Finlayson, um, Todd Marshall, and even Sam Pepper taking some contested marks, um, and. You know, Todd Marshall again, stepping up, just week to week, growing as a football player and getting, you know, he's getting into that 60, 60, 70 game range and he's kind of really starting to take off with his career. Still young and so much time ahead of him. Really starting to take off. Um, His pressure, both, you know, he's got the holding the ball tackle and that's one of the things that has actually always been in his game is he's been really good at, um, you know, his tackle and harassing and, you know, can smother. I think there was a couple of instances in that qualifying final against Geelong. I vaguely remember talking about them in my review of that one. He can you know there's a there's a lot of those one one percent of things he can do but he's complementing that with doing the thing that we actually you know the core thing that's um what his role requires which is taking big marks inside fifty and kicking goals and kicking really true and straight and i think his ten goals one from set shots or eleven goals one from set shots now this year so just unbelievably um dead eye accurate um so he you know he's he's taken marks um in 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 situations where you're probably a few you know, 20 or 30 games ago, wasn't as much in those situations. He's just getting more consistent. You know, he's been able to do it from the start. It's his ability to do it consistently, and he's doing that. So Todd Marshall again, um, a big a big tick for his game. Um, but the the eyes down, um, from the midfielders and the guys entering forward 50, um, and picking picking their targets. It's not bombing to a certain spot anymore. Not not bombing deep into the pockets. Certainly we're we're certainly using the pocket. You know, you're seeing um, forwards. You know, particularly the pockets and the smaller forwards kind of break out into those um, those pockets and and try to and try to f- and f- to find the space out there if, if possible. And certainly, boat kicked a nice uh, clutch goal from there. And um, well, Motlops was from a free kick, but it was still a kick out to that area. But we're also finding um, when the when the leads come into those, you know, there, there is we're starting to take those contested marks in the in the corridor kind of area of the fifty as well when when required and. It's just and and it is because the guys going inside 50 are actually got the eyes down they're picking targets more, the kicks are truer. Um, we' just we've refined some of those skills a little bit and and obviously to our absolute advantage, you know 21 marks inside 50, I think again I harken back to the Melbourne game just a few weeks ago when we took three marks inside 50 for the entire match, I think. Um, that, that stat, I'm, I'm ho- I think I'm correct with it because it's kind of been etched into my brain that it was three because of just how just how horrible that is. Um, but 21 marks inside 50 is such a wonderful, um, a great uh, marker for just how much improvement we've had in that area. Obviously, that's not going to be every week. We're going to come up against sterner opposition as far as defensive. Defensive structure goes and just defensive personnel. Then the Western Bulldogs were able to put out on Friday night, but um, it's a great market to, and uh, just a good exercise for the players as well against d- decent opposition to kind of have that run through midfield and that ball movement through midfield. You know, Rosie was bra- breaking through the midfield really well, um, and he's he's continuing to be a revelation. they Riley Bonner up until well, Riley Bonner was still a second uh, second highest disposal. Um, get her on the night and he missed the fucking fourth quarter. I think he was at 19 up to halftime and ended up with 22 before he went down with the an ankle injury. I think he's out this way. He's definitely been ruled out for the game down at North Melbourne. Hopefully it wasn't as bad as it looked. He looked just, he couldn't put any weight on it. But um, ankles are funny things and I'm certainly well versed in that area with my reconstructed ankle dangling under me as we speak. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, um, but, you know, Riley, you know, the beautiful feet of the likes of Riley Bonner, you know, Carl Amon after, you know, almost being dropped a few weeks ago, is um, he's still not at his best, he's, his form of last year, but he's, he's still, his footwork is, um, is, you know, passing by foot is elite, and, you know, there's just a lot of guys that, um, earlier this year, we knew this, they just were failing, and, and it was more like, it was just structurally, we just didn't have the right guys in the right areas to kind of make, be able to make those decisions, um, but now the confidence is oozing, these guys are, you know, the guy likes are kind of rosy, and even Dersma coming back into the fold, um, again, not year twelve disposals and key ones. I'll talk about my my favourite play of the day in just a few minutes here, um, which involves Derzmer. Um, and just you know, just really well well executed kicks and and just and this this is what we've been calling for for ages when we've complained and at length about the forward structure. Is it's just um it's not it's half the forward line structure not being really working towards what the midfielders are doing, but the midfield seems to have taken a step up a little bit in. Really looking for the targets, and and obviously the forward line is benefiting from that, as well as the likes of Finlayson, three goals in the night, fourteen disposals. I think um, eight marks from Finlayson, or seven marks. I think Finlayson was 14, 14 disposals. He's three goals, obviously, and then seven marks. Maybe Marshall was eleven disposals, um, eight marks, and obviously his two goals. Um, Georgiades, unfortunately, um, I did mention I think last week in my review that you know he's just he's at that point where it's like I don't know if it's spell the in the twos is going to do him any good. He, he's He's a player in the game, and I will I will speak about my play of the my play of the day again in a moment because Georgiades is also involved, um, which some people might be surprised, but it it you um some might already be picking it out already too. It was early in the game, but um Georgiades every he, zero goes four zero goes four. I think he had twelve disposals and five marks, and you know if he kicked even you know, a couple of, you know, two goals, two or three goals, one, we're talking about is not completely differently. So it's very much just an unreal case of the yips in front of goal. It's almost like Todd Marshall did the Space Jam Monstars thing with the basketball, you know, and you know, it's still Patrick Ewing and Muggsy e. Bogues and all those guys fucking powers in Space Jam. And because and, and <laughs> George Yardies was my, one of my most favorite kicks last year and in, his, in the year before when he, when he was playing, you know, just so so true and, um, and traditional and in his kind of, and I don't know what's going on with him. Whether it's just it's again, I think it's between the years, and he'll get there. Um, he's he's you know way earlier into his career than in either Finlayson or Marshall. So you know, and we've got such high expectations of him because of the highlights that he's given us so fast. But he's still he's he'll be fine. I think um, I'm leaning towards the considering Dixon had made his return through the Magpies on the weekend, but uh, kicked a goal, but um, got it was still a bit sore. I think um, I think Georgiadi's spot is safe for the next week or two. And I, and I think I actually just, with seeing what, being there at the game and seeing what he's doing around the ground and and his effort, I just think he's, once he starts kicking true again, we'll all be, it'll all be fine. We'll actually realise everything else has been more or less okay. Um, probably going to start clunking a few of those marks, just refine that technique as well. Um, so I think he's just trying to, he, there's a little bit of that showmanship. and It's not like he's, like, I think don't think it's an active I'm going to try and take mark of the year thing. It's just he's kind of have to has, has that natural flair to his game. Um, so once he refines the marking a little bit and then gets his kicking going again, I think he'll be fine. But um, with Marshall playing so well, and obviously Finlayson developing into, um, you know, Finlayson looks like he's having fun. Looks like he um, feels comfortable in that forward line now and, um, and everyone's, um, you know, going well in that sense. Uh, so Georgiades is being allowed to um, kind of work through his yips at the moment because we are playing overall, Getting the job done and, and that's great. So I think Georgiadis will work through it. Marshall, big tick. Finlayson, big tick. Um, and the other one. And now I can mention my player of the day. It was the first goal of the game. I think. Um, if you recall, it was. I said there was a ball in in kind of our defensive half back area um, on the. Uh, I think the Donald Sir Donald Bradman stand side of the ground, um, your western Western Grandstand, um. So ball in on a half back and Bonner, and after the I think Palpeper actually contests it and Bonner kind of snaps a kick forward and uh, it, it you know goes to ground and bounces bounces up high and Giorgiardi's kind of running onto it and what he does and it's really intelligent from Georgiades kind of recognizing what's going on and again one of those kind of one percent of things from Georgiades that shows that he's overall around the ground he's getting around the ground a bit too um, Georgiades kind of just taps it forward um, like a good ruck tap into the path of Dersma, who's running running through kind of just the edge of the square. Um, and Dersma just at w- one bounces and Dersma's just able to gather it. You know, it's one of those things in footy, you just hope for a good bounce and Dersma gets it. And Dersma eyes down, sees the leader, Gray, coming out at like that 40, 45-degree um, angle from um, uh, um, leading out from the square. And, and Gray takes, you know, Gray takes a great mark and, and lines up and kicks kicks truly. And, you know, th- that play just... The just Kind of sets up for me just how much better we've gotten compared to where we were um, earlier in the year. Um, just confidence oozing, players playing uh, with instinct, and uh, and that's really what we need uh, from from these guys. You know, it, natural talent and game, this game plan and all those things, and what your structures and all that, that does. But then you have to add in your natural instinct, your your instinct as an AFL player, as a professional player of the Australian football game, um, and that's the likes. You know, and George Yard is again. I talked about his flair and stuff like that before. You know he uses that in that sit that situation, just not understanding kind of the, the footy and everything like that. And then Desma being, you know, Desma's had a quiet start of the year and had his drops and had his injuries and stuff. But he's still, you know, got a he's a classy player. Was able to pick it up and and kick truly to Gray, who uh, Gray again is completely, you know, the the inclusion or re include after injury that Gray's been able of um just add that extra dynamic to the forward line. Even though it was one the marking contest uh, at some point in the game as well, where Gray kind of comes in as the second guy, like, I can't remember who else was in the contest, but Gray kind of just creates contact with the uh, Western Bulldogs defender that kind of puts him off of um, contesting the ball from whoever, I can't remember who was Marshall, it was probably Marshall or Finlay's, one of our, one of our tools, um, and just his intelligent play just in, even if it's a con- marking contest that he's not going to be marking the ball, he's just creating a little bit of contact in the, in the contest, um, just as, a, he's just just a just a wily veteran and, and Robbie Gray again. I certainly, I said it last week after his match-winning point and his and, and obviously his goals as well. Um, you know, sign him up for another year at this point because you know you can clearly see that when he's as long as he's fit. The only thing that's letting Robbie Gray down at the moment is when he gets these little niggling injuries because you can see when his his body's right, his intelligence up forward. Um, he, he can. He's got another couple of years in. It. I think. I think obviously his body's going to be the thing that. Like, but you can see that. Um, well the pace you know he can't quite run through the midfield like he used to or anything like that his intelligence up forward is just unparalleled in the in the in the modern game like in the game really um and he's and he's really using that quite well and he's finding space kicking, he kicked a couple of goals again and and doing the job so yeah that that play of the day which that was the first goal of the game got the run started um was just um just kind of highlighted just how much better we've gotten as a team um since uh, you know uh, compared to a month ago um, that kind of play, and um, and certainly throughout the game, we saw a lot of saw a lot of great movement through midfield, handball chains, that kind of stuff. The likes of Rosie, um, you know, he's he's got his his pace is just um, going really well at the moment, um, and uh, and just you know Rosie through midfield has been a revelation. I said in my preview for the season at the start of the year that, um, you know, the likes of Rosie, you know, there was questions about our midfield from pundits and, and the outside noise and all that. And uh, that was fair enough too. You know, we were, it's, a, it's an area where we just need a little bit more dynamism because, you know, the Boken and Wines are great, but um, uh, Willem Drew, um, again, a great game. I think for me, I was really impressed with Drew. He does a lot of that. He's taken, he takes some tough, tough contested marks, um, down the line when we need to when we're trying to um you know get out of our defensive 50 he's ta- he takes some great marks and he just he's got a grit for the game um he gets dirty and gets in there and um, Trent Demont as well obviously those guys are the unsung kind of heroes but the likes we you know you need those silky movers those ones that are really the highlight players that really that look you know the, the hairs flowing you Clayton Oliver that burst through the lines that kind of kind of player and Clayton, um Clayton uh, Connor Rosie is you know the last few weeks um since he's been given that role and 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 Tasked with that kind of and given the responsibility, he's he's kind of it's. I, I said like a couple of weeks ago when I was reviewing it and talking about it, it's like he just needed that trust and that and that and that role that defined role to really uh, flourish as a player, and he and he's certainly doing that. And hopefully, you know, Zach Butters is kind of still not quite there. He's kind of I think he's Zach Butters is just where Rosie was a few weeks ago, he just doesn't quite have the defined role, but he'll get there, and he's certainly still um, um, impacting the play and just just not the ways we. We kind of want Butters to, but he's still getting there. But Rosie certainly added that extra dynamism to the midfield and and allowing um, kind of some of that load share to be just as far as the ball moving goes um, to happen between Boke and Wines and Co. as well. So Rosie kind of adds a real burst of pace and a little bit of silk there um, amongst all the, you know, some of the more underrated heroes as well as uh, obviously our balls in the likes of Wines and Boke. So it you was know, just a really nice mix starting to happen, happen there. And obviously it's no Win. Co- co- Coincidence that uh Rosie's uh, movement and run through the midfield has uh, contributed to um helping us um oh well almost win the Colton game but then win three games on the trot now as well. So um yeah, really, really impressed with all that all of that going on there. Um I'll take a quick break here and just talk about a couple of things that you know weren't quite um actually no one more thing that I want to talk about, of course, um as a real, real wonderful positive. Um Sam Hayes again in his fourth AFL match now, um thirty seven hit outs. We dominated the hitouts, um, and I'll get to that in the stats. But yeah, Sam Hayes had 37 hitouts, and again, um, just he's starting to get around the ground a little bit more. Um, obviously, um, got a free kick in the um, outside 50; didn't quite hit the mark there. I almost carried somehow, got through everyone for a goal, but I think it was touched. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, you know, Hayes is just you know, he's continuing to grow as a player, and in um, some pretty stern tests over the past few weeks as well. Um, and just uh, just giving us, you know the clearance obviously this we didn't win the clearances um, but it was close, um, and again considering uh, despite Bontempelli being missing, it's still one of the best midfields in the competition. You know, yeah, Bontempelli kind of Bailey Smith just took over the Bontempelli role basically as that kind of. A kind of goal-scoring midfielder and and brute um, runner and stuff like that. But then you've still got likes McCray and and um, Livermore and all and Co in there. It's just like it's, they're they're fine. They they're going okay. But um, Hayes just winning the hit-out battle really at least gave us a bit more opportunity to have a first look at it. Even if the um, obviously the bullies um, still won the clearance battle, but his dominance at the hit-out still just helped um, even up the you know cause if they dominated the hit-outs considering the way they were. Uh, they're winning the clearances it could have could have been a little bit worse, so you know Hayes just just dominating in that sense um and using his body and you can just see with every game he's he's just finding a way to grow as a player and he's and his confidence is growing with that and um yeah we're uh, we're pretty we're in a, gonna be a pretty lucky position um but also um head scratching one when when scooters fit and ready to go um if if you know obviously um i love scooter, so I'm hoping he does have a fair bit left in the tank and it'll be an interesting discussion but um it is one that y- it needs to be had now is Hayes has had such a good start there that it's um just yeah he's um he's certainly putting not doing his um chances any harm of uh um you know having you know really starting a great career here so i'm really impressed with his work there i'll take a quick break here and talk about a couple other things before i get to the stats right, there wasn't too much too much negative to really talk about not really you know in such a tough game and um against a good opposition it was um just getting the win um, in such positive way was uh really important I think, and especially the way we um before I get to just a just a little bit, and it's actually just stemming off of something that was on, it was on radio today as well, but um also it was really impressive um that we did kick away in the third quarter and kind of you know as I say the premiership quarter uh the third quarter get five goal you know get a five goal lead momentarily obviously the late goal in the third quarter kind of made my made me pucker a little bit and. Certainly them kicking a couple of goals uh to our nun in the last quarter. Uh you know, it, it, it got tense there at the end. I actually thought there was probably a few more minutes to go. Um, you know, I don't keep an eye on the, the the clock and on an app on my phone or anything like that. I just kind of embrace the chaos of not knowing exactly how much time is left when you're in the stadium. But uh uh, I thought they had a bit more time left and um, certainly um, interesting that Dunkley took so much time off the clock with his kick to get bring them within 17. But by then, you know, when I watched the replay, or the KO mini anyway, and he kicked that goal with only a minute left and there was never a chance of them coming back at that point. So I would have been a lot more comfortable watching on TV, I guess. <laughs> but uh, as far as knowing the score and the time. But, um, you know, to... to kind of dominate in that sense in the third quarter and really and not put it beyond doubt um and it would have been nice to but obviously playing against that kind of a position you don't expect to sometimes but um to get five goals ahead and kind of for most of the match i felt like we had the control they were dangerous going forward um we're well not super dangerous um and i'll get to that defensive stuff in a second because that's just an interesting comment from chay corns in the radio this morning. But um, yeah, you know, it just it felt like overall it was a match that we were in control of, and and the destiny was for us to win it as long as we didn't do anything too much wrong. And it felt like for a you know for a minute there in the third uh, last quarter when we were missing goal after goal, um you know five points or whatever it was or six points in the last quarter, um you know we kicked six goals straight and then for the rest of the game kicked six goals fourteen. It was just um you know a really weird weird one in that sense, but um. You know, it felt like for a minute there we might be leaving the door open, but the defensive pressure was so good, and um, really we locked down on the defense in the last quarter when they had, when the w- Bulldogs did start to charge. And for that last ten minutes or so, um, we held down the fort really well. So that was really impressive to see. Um, it was just interesting on on radio this morning, and I think it was on SEN. Uh, Chad Corns is on there, chats to his brother Kane on the radio and um, and Hazy, and the, he said that the the f- he, he was quite and he's quite a good interview in the sense that he doesn't he kind of doesn't mince his words. Um, and gives a pretty honest assessment of things and basically said that he he thinks Aaliyah and Cleary wouldn't have been super happy with their efforts on the weekend and said that he knows that they can be a lot better. Um, and I was watching back a couple of the goals that Norton and Mark said he took it kind of like Aaliyah uh, was kind of cheating too far forward in trying to intercept the mark and, and basically missed and then Cleary was, you know, on his back and kind of probably half expecting Aaliyah to at least make some contact with the ball and then, you know, and kind of Cleary is more just trying to stop Norton having a free run at the and but you know Lear would miss and and you know Norton would have a kind of a any relatively easy marking opportunity and then all the ball would come to ground and and you know Lear and Cleary or were kind of missing a little bit or it's just you know balls coming in 50 and and and, the, and Norton's got a free runner even in kind of a half two on one situation Lear's kind of having a charge back and isn't quite in position to be able to battle in the one on one so you know that's an interesting Thing to bring up because you know, we, we think we like to think that that defense is back to being pretty much full strength, um, but it's clear that the coaches, and certainly, um, and even me watching, I still don't I think Aaliyah quite isn't quite at the level he was last year, and obviously, injury hasn't helped enough. But I think he's close, uh, Cleary pretty good, but um, you know, it's, it's just interesting to see that they. They kind of looked at that when uh, Norton kind of had his had a bit of fun norton was the, was the was the threat um Cody Waitman wasn't i didn't have too much worry about him and really anyone else's just when it came in came inside 15 Norton you could kind of see him set up pretty well you' were worried he was going to clunk the mark every time and and more or less he, he did but then you know in the last quarter we did lock in pretty well and um make sure that we weren't getting the, you know the, any goal that was going to come in, in the um last quarter was going to either be a scrappy snap from totally, you know, like the Liberatore or whatever, if that was in the last quarter, I can't remember, or, you know, one from a free kick, for like that uh, Dunkley one, I think. So, you know, it was, that That to me is an impressive sense, you know, the pressure inside 50 there was really good, um, or in our defensive 50, and, um, you know, we d- only allowed them to take, like I said, it was nine, we we took 21, they took nine, um, which is slightly below their season average, and well ours was well above, so... Um, overall a great defensive effort, it was just interesting to see that kind of the one negative that came out of it, and it's not even negative, it's just like constructive criticism really, is that um, the coaches kind of look at it and go, look, we think you guys can be better and could have locked in on this even more, um, which is just an interesting thing, but it's good to see that they kind of have those standards, it's just like, no, we don't want we don't want a guy like Aaron Norton with his fucking headband beating us at all, um, so do better, um, but you know, fair effort from the boys anyway defensively to really um to kind of key in and really have norton be the only um great threat obviously i think bailey smith came up with a couple of goals and kind oh, of that's what he's going to do and he that one that one that he kind of just burst out of the the um the con- the con- congestion um on the just on the half forward flank there and burst through and you know laced one towards goal and cuz there was no one at home there he was able to he was able to go through You know, that's the kind of thing that was kind of very Bontempelli-esque and, you know, Bailey Smith has got that in his arsenal and sometimes that's going to happen. But if you limit, that was really the only opportunity he had that night to try something like that. And, you know, as long as you limit the opportunities to your Nortons and then your Bailey Smiths running off a half-forward flank um, to kick one like that, that's going to land yourself um, towards a pretty good chance of a win. So that's what we did. So that's really good to see. I'm really happy with that effort um, as far as defending a team like that and with the kind of weapons they have your your weightments and your and you know i know they're missing a few but still um there's still some pretty handy handy forwards and handy midfielders there, and we kind of negated the influence you know they they had a fair they, they got their touches on the ball and all that stuff, but we just negated that absolute game dominating, dominating influence um with our own actions, which is really impressive to see so give me a quick break here and we'll run through some run through the stats real quick and um and wrap it up All righty, we'll have a quick little the stats here just to wrap things up. Uh, not much to... I mean, look, I mean, there's a lot of stats, obviously. Yes, per usual. Um, but, you know, the big ones I've already kind of gone over. Uh, overall for the match, it was 40 hit-outs, which 30... 30 40 hit-outs um, of ours to 21 of theirs, so slightly below their average for the season, while uh, 10 up on ours. Uh, so Sam Hayes had a really good night with 37. I think Paul Pepper was in the ruck for a bit, and maybe Finlayson probably popped in there a little bit too as well, so probably the other three came from them. But, um, yeah, it was interesting, though. The inside of 50s for the match, we actually... Um, we're slightly we we're down. Uh, we we're 44 for the match compared to their 49, so slightly down average for the year as well as theirs. Um, but a lot of that was probably the early, the their little early run, and then late in the game when they were kind of trying to pile in and, and get and find a way through to um, make staging a possible comeback. But um, it, you know, obviously with that, the fact that we won the game while having less inside 50s obviously means we had a pretty good inf- efficiency inside 50, which we did, 65.9% efficiency compared to their 42.9, so we were, uh, quite down. Our averages for the year, um, forty six percent for uh, forty six point three for us, forty six percent for them. Um, so we were well, well up on that one. Um, so they're just really that's the the key one there. And over for the match as well, our disposal efficiency we ran at seventy five point seven percent. There's a seventy two, so running at three quarters, um, of our disposals at a, a good a good efficiency, um, is going to go well to um having a decent handle on the match. Um, disposals pretty even, three thirty three to three twenty one, so pretty e- even. Um handling of the ball. It's just those kind of key, key parts of the match. Obviously, I mentioned earlier as well we did quite slightly lose on the clearances. 34 to 30 overall their way. 13 to 9 in the centre and then 21 apiece at the stoppage. Um, so, you know, kind of slightly lost at the centre clearance, but um, overall with the hit-outs um, so, so dominated kind of mitigated that impact that their their midfielders had on um, getting first usage of the ball, which is really um, kind of a key part of the game because their, their midfield obviously, even without pelly again, I said last week, just run so deep. So um, really uh, great job from the Ruck department and particularly Hayes have obviously taken most of that to uh, mitigate the influence of their, their midfield a little bit and getting the clearance. They're absolutely dominant in the clearances in any way. So that was really handy contested possessions. We were minus four and that's so a pretty slow, pretty close to even there um, in, in a match like that. But um, the key one, um, obviously I mentioned Mark since I t- fifty fifty 50, 50 was 21 to nine uh, overall for the match 94 to 76. So they were down, um seventeen marks on their season average of ninety three point six while we're only down slightly and an average of so you know we took we you know got the ball we were able to get um the marks around the ground and kind of control the ball that way and obviously the marks inside fifty is actually where that discrepancy a lot of the discre discrepancy comes from as well um with twenty one to nine and contested marks fourteen to eleven. Um uh, apart from that one of the the one that I really enjoyed was um the tackles, fifty seven tackles for us. Um, which is just uh, slightly down on a sixty-one point eight season average, whereas thirty-seven for them, so well down in their average of 50, fifty-four for the season. So um, that was kind of really where is our pressure and just our tackling was really great. Um, and you know, compared to again, like I said, I kept, I've said it uh, obviously a theme of this book, this review really is that we um, so all the things that we're doing so much better than we did earlier in the year, and just the pressure and intensity around the ball is just um, really, really good. So. Those are kind of my the ones that I keyed in on just looking at them quickly across the uh, ball, quickly across the stat sheet. I'm just really impressed with all that um, kind of some of those key areas that kind of contributed to a win against a team like this. You know, you've got to kind of take your losses here and there, which obviously the clearances was going to be a tough one to win, um, but we mitigated that with some great great work at the rock and the tap work, and then obviously I just um, again eyes down. Hit your targets inside fifty and and really dominated in that sense and that's where obvi- ultimately where the win came from because we gave our forwards good looks at goals and obviously the the late the late flurry of points aside um, a pretty good night in front of goals um, you know again that aside if we kick kick you know three of those opportunities two or three of those easy opportunities we had in the last quarter and a half and it, it puts the result beyond doubt um, even though we were pretty comfortable I thought we were pretty in, in the driver's seat anyway um, but you know it could have been a seventeen point win. Could have been probably 30 to 35 points if we just kicked a few of those. So. Um, but, you know, that's the win was the main thing. We just wanted to get the win against a, a quality opposition on Friday night. Footy, you know, banish the demons, the prelim, whatever. It's a new season. Those demons will never, you know, that that result's always going to be there. But we move forward um, and the wins this year are all that matters now. And um, that was a great win. We're 3-5. and five. Um, A really good touch at the moment. Um, obviously, a game coming up this week that, uh, you know, um, touch wood. Uh, should be, hopefully, a little bit more of a straightforward exercise. And uh, and get to four and five, and we're really humming along quite nicely. So, a um, couple of other things. Um, great. Uh, sh- sorry, just one thing. Um, rumors, just on the AFL women's side, um, there's rumors that uh, we've got um, Gemma Houghton, the forward from... Uh, um, Frio, sorry. Frio, I, was, I just absolutely blanked on that for a moment there. But um, the, the, the Frio forward, all Australian forward for Frio. Looks like she might be on her way. The reports look pretty genuine that she's going to be um, announced soon. But today, the um, the, the announcement for us is another player that is con, con, um, so, or committed to sign on the bottom line, but she, it's all official on the Port Adelaide website, uh, Maria Maloney um, from the Brisbane Lions. Um, She's won won the premiership with them, um, playing with Lauren Arnella and our coach. Um, So she's um, committed. uh, She's in the, I think she's a midfielder. Um, Yeah, so she's committed and it's really fun. It's a really fun time. I think it's um, something everyone should embrace is just kind of um, looking to really enjoy this moment because it's kind of, you know, there's only ever going to be one time going to be entering competition such as this, um, and it's really fun to kind of just see the side come together, all these announcements, give them the, give them the welcome they deserve. Um, they're all going to be part of the inaugural um, Port Adelaide side in the women's competition, which is just a massive moment in our history as a club and another pr- moment to be proud of. So uh, really cool to see her joining the club. And um, obviously um, the, the, news, the, imminent, the news of hopefully the imminent signing of Gemma Houghton is really, um, really fun as well. So, um, yeah, get around them, get around them. Um, keep reading, keep um, Keep your eye on it. It's just it's just a fun moment to live through, as it? You know, I'm a, I'm a history guy, so I love it, and sports history as well. Just that was my degree in college as well, just history. So, um, I I I always take you know when bad things that are happening around the world too. You kind of I always have this notion that well, it's hard to it's hard to deal with sometimes. It's always just good to keep an eye on what things are happening, um, just to just to know. So you have the, that memory and understanding of the moment you're living through in history. Obviously, that's bad stuff, but in the positive things, and even if it's just for your club, it's just fun to know. And to be acknowledging and kind of understand the magnitude of the history that you're living through. So every time a uh, player signed onto the inaugural side, that is a moment um, to enjoy, and to embrace and uh, and enjoying uh, both our our club's rich history. We read so. Sorry, excuse me, a little bit there, <laughs> and just enjoying a late night beer here while I record this. Um, but you know, it's, it's um, you know we read so much about our club's illustrious history. All of those, all of us that weren't lucky enough to live through the things um in in the in the past um we read about them and enjoy and and love talking about those things that we um about that this club and it's illustrious history but at this moment we're living through a moment and it's um, a really important moment so it's history so enjoy it and embrace it and, um, and really get around it it's really cool um to see um well and it looks like we could be seeing the season sooner rather than later it still doesn't seem to be official and I certainly know the players have some understandable grievances with that. But um, wh- whenever it happens, let's get around them. And, and I'm cer- certainly sure that these players that are signing on for Port Adelaide. Um, you know, they're going to be so excited to to get to get under on onto the ground at Alberton and 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 make make their mark in our club's history. That maybe that that might overshadow that a little bit. Obviously, they still deserve a break, and probably it's not being handled quite as well. But. Um, that, that 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 takes nothing away from the really positive moment this is in our history. So get around it, embrace it, and enjoy it. Um, and enjoy as well as the, the obviously the AFL women's side coming together. Keep enjoying these wins. It's good fun doing these reviews now. It's been <laughs> first five weeks of fucking shit, um, but you know it's been it's been a lot more fun the last three weeks. So I'm enjoying it. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it too. Um, thank you for listening as always. Um, and yeah, we'll see you in a couple of days for the review. Uh, the preview of our, our match against the North Melbourne Kangaroos coming up down at Blindstone Arena in Tassie. So um yeah, I will get a preview done this week. Last week was just a bit of a shit show. But um have it's good to good to be able to review in um, a little bit of extent um, the uh, the wonderful win we had on Friday night. So port boys get around them, port girls get around them. Can the fucking pair